JB, on uh, Tuesday morning, I was uh, woken up uh, in an unlikely manner, a little bit later than uh, sometimes I get woken up by this person. Uh, Mike Toop actually had texted me Tuesday morning. And uh, yeah, I'm thinking to myself, oh, it must be some normal Secretary's Cup week chicanery going on from Toop. And uh, he actually told me, hey, uh, Coach Bill George is retiring uh, over at Coast Guard. And I thought he was joking with me. And uh, lo and behold, he was not. And so I, I don't want to go too deep into this, uh, but you can see on the bottom of the screen, it's been 21 years. Uh, basically, it's his 21st season as head coach. And uh, wow. we want to bring him in right now. Head coach Bill George, U.S. Coast Guard Academy, leaving us. But first, we want to say welcome to In the Huddle, Coach. Thank you very much for having me, and uh, it's great to be here. So, Coach, when did you make the decision, and what was the reason for the decision at this point? Well, you know, I'm, I'm, a lot of it has to do with the fact that uh, I'm going to be 62 years old soon, and I have a nine-year-old daughter, and, and it played on my mind over time. And you don't slow down. Any football coach will tell you that. You can't slow down. You can tell yourself, uh, do that. People would say, walk around, smell the roses. It, it doesn't happen to football coaches generally, certainly not at a national a service academy. So I, I played some dates down, and uh, I just did what my old coach, Jim Butterfield, did years ago. And he said to me years ago, uh, you know, I'm going to do this before my last home game. It happens to be a big rivalry game, uh, but uh, it, that, that has a lot to do with it. I, I just felt it was time. I didn't want to hang around too many years longer, and I just felt this was a good time for my family. Amen. That makes a lot of sense, Coach George. And um so for some of the indoct the unindoctrinated D3 fans out there, last season you guys won the Secretary's Cup, which is one of the biggest uh, you know rivalries uh, trophies in Division Three. Explain it to some of the kids out there, um, you know what this what this game is and what it really means when you guys uh, line up against the Merchant Marine. Well, both these academies are national service academies. And, and all of the student athletes here go through a tremendous amount, as, as do all the Corps of Cadets at these two academies. And I think it's a day when they get together. They, they have their, you know, they don't travel to away games necessarily like the other National Service Academies. So for the Corps of Cadets for both of these teams and both of these schools who go through very similar experiences with the academic challenges and the military rigors, I think it's a day when they can you know, let themselves go. And of course, it's a big rivalry. It's a big football rivalry. It's it's like a Michigan, you know, Ohio State. It's It's got that kind of impact. And then when you add it into these Corps of Cadets who put so much into their four-year academic experiences, you know, at both these schools, they've decided they want a military lifestyle for their college experience and they want to ha have a military involvement in their life. So this game lets them let their hair down. And of course, it's football. And so it's going to be a fun, big rivalry game. Okay, Coach. Yeah, you brought it probably up. like Frank's up there. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. You, you brought it up. Uh, coach Butterfield, obviously, uh, Ithaca, uh, longtime head coach. Um, Cortica's this week. They're playing down in MetLife and you know, all that stuff. Between Cortica and Secretary's Cup, give me uh, which one you think is the more intense rivalry now that you have involvement in both of them. You know, they both have their own you know, history. But let me tell you something. When you coach at a National Service Academy for 21 years and you train people that go out and are on different military maneuvers and are changing the way the world is, it has a big impact. 
so it's not even close to me personally, but it would be selfish for me to say that to other people who haven't had my experience here at, at a National Service Academy. So to me, there's no comparison whatsoever, but I can't downplay what it is to other people. Uh, you know, the one thing I wasn't prepared for, I think, was the amount of emails and touching notes I've got from former players over the last 24 hours or, or so. I, I just, you know, you plan everything and you don't realize what you're going to coach this game. It's a big game and it's about that particular event for these two corps of cadets. So I think the impact that, and Mike Tuke can say the same thing, the impact he has on former players as they go through life stays, stays with you at a National Service Academy. It certainly does, and and um, you know, Coach, I'm uh, I'm originally a Connecticut native. I uh, I know I've been down in, in New London before, and both your teams coming into this game, you know, trying to, to get that one one extra win. I mean, uh, what what do you sort of see the the game plan shaping up to be? Without giving any way, you know, any any uh, any secrets here. I mean, we know that that Toop runs a triple option, almost more of a spread option type of offense. You guys. Uh, you know, run run your your style of offense. What kind of game are we going to look at the, this Saturday? I, I think it boils down to a couple of things. First of all, if you look at all programs around the country or watch college football it's on TV, you know, we have a lot of respect for Merchant Marine. They're always lined up correctly, whether it's offense, defense, or special teams. And I've said this before. I think that Mike Toop is one of the more outstanding coaches in football. And so having said that, I think the game will boil down to our frontage, and we've lost some key linemen on offense, That and our young guys are now getting better. We have to pick their blitzes up. That's key. We have to pick their blitzes up. And then our young defensive line, and we've had about seven injuries on defensive line this year, so we have some new guys playing. Have to make sure that they're, we're not fooled by their triple scheme and that we stay disciplined. So to me, the whole game has to boil down to between the tackles uh, uh, on both sides of the ball, and then who cannot make a, a, a mistake on special teams. And so it's offensive line, our offensive line pick up the blitz, our young defensive line against their their experienced guys who run the triple, and then again, it, then it'll circle back to special teams. Okay, Coach, enough X's and O's for a little bit here. Um, in uh, 2005, I remember a game that you coached at uh, Union College. Uh, people were just talking about it the other day, in fact, because Union's having one of those seasons that could go 10-0 or could be like the 2006 season where they uh, end up uh, losing uh, the Dutchman shoes after clinching. We'll see which one it turns into. But it, it seems like it's unavoidable to have a discussion about college football in New England and the Northeast without talking about your teams over the last 20 years. Uh, you know, Union in that case uh, wins it seven to zero with about 50 seconds left. Uh, we thought we we're going for a zero zero overtime game in Schenectady, but uh, you guys uh, almost knocked off a team that would go undefeated that year. You have to have a lot of memories as head coach of Coast Guard. I, I know this is like uh, you know naming your favorite child type of situation here, but what is your top memory? Uh, looking back at this point, maybe maybe this Saturday will become that. We, we don't know, but what's your top memory? You know, I don't want to lie to you, but when you're coaching, I'm not really thinking of back on my career. I'm, I'm gearing up for one game, and as I told our team, you've got to treat every game the same and make your game plan. You can't make them 
digging loose. But uh, next week when, uh, you know, I'm raking my lawn or shoveling the walk and my wife yells out the window, I forgot to pick up bread at the supermarket, I'll probably come to me all the great memories I've had. So it, it's hard. And I also think it's hard because these guys go on to be officers and serve the country. So I'm not trying to avoid your question. But when you go through so many challenges over 20 years, when you go through so many ups and downs, just like the game you mentioned, where that team went on to win 16 games over the next two years, they were all freshmen and sophomores, and they almost beat one of the top five teams in the nation. So I think that, you know, I haven't really dwelled on any of that. I'm just kind of concentrating on one football game, uh, making sure our guys are prepared as they can be for one football game, which will be on national television against a tremendous Merchant Marine team. So I haven't really dwelled on it yet, uh, and, and, and I'm not lying. I, I really haven't. I, I, this place is special to me. I, and if you read the, the release that, our, uh, that we sent out the academy, it says everything about this place to me. It's, it's a fantastic place that has surrounded my family, has surrounded me, and I have all these great memories of officers who now serve the nation, and they're just tremendous people. Some of those young men, I remember um, we spoke, I think, in the preseason a couple of seasons ago, Coach. You you have a, a, a good chunk of your junior class, um, or I think they're juniors now, who participated in that. Um, so I, I want to say it's like a naval um, officer you know, advanced training, almost like a SEAL training type of thing. Um, and that, that seems like that that core group that you've had these last couple of years has really uh, done, done well for you. Explain to me or help me remember um, and what that what that program was and, and what these young men have to go through to well, participate in that. Well, I think what happens is, is the academy is so competitive. We, we are a, a, an extremely competitive school academically. We're, we're always shooting to get that enrollment up to 50% female-wise, so if you have an entering class of 260 at 100% engineering almost now, that you don't have room for all the wonderful people, uh, men and women, who are going to become officers in the future. And so the academy has some preparatory school options. One of those happens to be the United States Naval Academy Preparatory School. And so we, again, uh, certain groups are going to put, try to get some people in there. I think it's cut across the board admissions. It doesn't have any favoritism toward us, but we were managed to steer some people down and say, hey, instead of going to this other fantastic college, you have this opportunity to re-get into the academy. Your grades weren't quite there this year. So I think that's basically it. We, Because the numbers are so small here and so tight, you're always trying to get people to say, hey, you just didn't make this phenomenal stratospheric uh, academic standard they have here, but here's a chance you can make it next year. We, we managed to get some guys to hang on to that. Retirement is a tough thing for a coach to do because uh, you, you kind of go from zero to 100 in your life, uh, you know, when that season, especially uh, begins, you're going to preseason. And uh, to go into retirement for some people is like going from 100 back to zero uh, to a certain degree. Um, I, I was reading uh, some uh, stuff about you yesterday. Uh, Glens Falls, uh, New York native, which I did not realize. Uh, I'm down in Boston Spa right now recording this with you. So uh, I know the area well up there. But, uh, you know, obviously you spent a lot of time in New England. Is New England home now? Is Connecticut going to be the forever home uh, down the line? What is in store for you, Coach, well, uh, going down? 
Right now, I'm, you know, I'm on the faculty, so I'm going to stay to the academic year ends and go through graduation. Uh, and then you need some time to unwind. I'm not going to come here to practice next year. I, I'll sit in the stands. I'm not going up in the press box. I'll cheer for the team. Uh, you may see me at the concerts with, with my daughter. But a lot of my retirement plays into the fact that I'm going to be 62 years old. And I have a nine-year-old daughter who is my first and only child. And so a lot of my retirement will circle around that. So I'll, I'll be here next year. We'll see what plays out. But everything, you know, when you're my age and you have this responsibility that my wife and I have, everything will gear toward that. So, you know, there was a while ago I was worried. I, I guess the biggest thing I'm worried about is I've been around these coaches and these players so much. I know players graduate. I'm, I'm more worried about missing the guys I coach with personally. You know, I mean, you just can't, you yeah, just can't but... retire and then show up back in an academy. You can't walk around the National Service Academy after you retire. And so that's the biggest worry, the camaraderie, the professors I know, the people here. And, but this is not, this is a wonderful thing. Let's take it at this. I want to do more for, you know, my family. Right? You spend a lot of time, ask yeah. any coach in America, yeah. You spend a lot of time in a football office and, you know, uh, yes, sir. my health is wonderful. And as I told the team, you know, it's played on my mind, you know, uh, uh, no one beats the uh, race against time, but but uh, you can't run scared against it either. And so it's time to just jump off and get going with some stuff. J JB, I got to interject one thing here. He, he keeps playing up this whole I'm 62 thing as if this is, you know, him being ancient or something. I've seen you on the sideline, coach. You, don't, you do not remind me of any 62-year-old I know. You are yeah. in great health and very vigorous and, out there. And I, and, and I don't mean it that way, but I'm just kind of, and probably, you know, maybe, I, maybe I've overseen. I just think it's a good time. It's timing for everyone, and, it, and it's a good time, and I, and I have planned this, and uh I, you know, and, and I don't feel old in the least, but I just think it's a good time. Yeah. It's a good thing to move on. Coach, is there going to be a uh, – will the academy do a sort of national search or, you know, is one of your uh, assistants, coordinators sort of already been, you know, handpicked to be the, the successor uh, once you retire? Is that still kind of up in the air or is that something that will be announced sort of at a later date? I believe the release, and, and they have a wonderful release that the Academy put out right on our, you know, CGA Sports on the football website. That's up to the Admiral and, and, and the people to be, and I believe they, they have said they're going to have a national search, and uh, that's what they're going to do, and, you know, that's that's the Academy's, uh, you know, release, so uh, I'm not really involved in the future, Makes sense. I think. Coach, fi final question for you. Um, you've been around D3 now for a good number of years. Uh, we talked about the Ithaca experience and everything else uh, briefly earlier. Uh, as you kind of exit stage left here uh, and uh, go into spectator mode, mode more than anything else, what's your message to the Division Three football world out there? Not just the Coast Guard, but to everybody that uh, you know, kind of looks at Division Three and either plays in it and loves it or wonders about it sometimes what the value of it is. Tell folks as you exit what you think of Division Three. I think if you look at a place like the Coast Guard Academy, it truly the sport plays a tremendous role into what officers are doing later in their lives. There is a leadership component. There is a teamwork component. In fact, you have to actually give seniors here or what we call first-class cadets much more responsibility because you are training them in many ways 
to be leaders. So I think it serves a purpose here. I don't think there's any mistake that Division One in the last 10 years, the money is changing so drastically. And, and now you have uh, obviously the, uh, a new NCAA rule about earning extra So there's a big difference. One is a massive business and the other is a massive sport, maybe the old fashioned way, certainly at this academy. So I think the division is, the division of money is becoming greater and greater. And uh, I think that's the biggest thing I see it, but it's certainly, you know, what is college? It's not just about studying and it's not just about partying, it's about playing sports as well, as well, yeah. I should say. Yes, sir. Well, coach, 21 seasons. It's it's tough to believe uh, this is going to be it coming up on Saturday. Uh, as I said, Coach Toop is as affected as anybody by uh, your announcement. And I know this is a big rivalry game, and I know there's a lot of chicanery behind it, like I said earlier. And, uh, you know, the, the teams hate each other for a few hours on that Saturday. But I think the relationship that you and he have, Coach Toop and you have, uh, shows us just the camaraderie between service academies ultimately except for those few hours during a football game where somebody wants that secretary's cup ultimately uh we appreciate you division three appreciates you i know d3football.com uh pat coleman wanted me to send uh, his regards out to you as well uh to the degree he hasn't had a chance to do it uh, himself but uh we all salute you sir for what you have done for the last 20 years at the coast guard academy and we sincerely hope you enjoy your retirement and enjoy your daughter and your family after Saturday. You still have a big game to play. Yes, thank you very much. I just want to say one thing. You said, I don't think these two academies hate each other. I think I've grown to know that they respect each other. Uh, Coach Toop right. and I have grown old together and uh, we have a deep <laughs> respect in both of these schools, both of these teams and both of these players. And it will be a hard, hard fought game by both teams. But I don't want to think we, we hate each other. And I don't want to think they hate us. They might dislike us a little and they might be angry at us. And that's part of college football and a big rivalry. But that, that, that hate word seems a little strong for me. But, but then after the game is over, everybody's silent on both sides as both schools' uh, official songs are played. So I, I've seen it, and it's a majestic moment after that uh, gridiron battle is done, and everybody, as you said, shows that utmost respect to each other. So point well taken, sir. And again, thank you for joining us, and good luck with everything. Thank you very, very much. Thank Division Three for everything. And uh, it's, it's, it, Division Three football, it's, it's still the backbone of college football. Well, you know, uh, Ithaca, for two weeks straight, we were talking about playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. And uh, in the uh, Jim Morris sense of the word, playoffs, uh, apparently they got caught looking ahead or something went wrong. And in the most recent stance of that, you and I, JB, were doing this uh, D3 Blitzer thing we do, uh, the whip around. And we got a note from Greg Thomas that said, developing situation in Troy. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what that could be. And we went to the game, and it's 21 to nothing in the first quarter, give or take, or early second. I can't remember when we actually hit it. And we're like, what in the holy yeah. heck? And the defensive RPI had a lot to do with that, and I'm going to let you take it from here. Yeah, um, 
So we'd like to welcome one to the show, one of the top tacklers for that defense that uh, really shut down what used to be a pretty potent Ithaca offense and has a pretty important game against another uh, top team in New York State for one of the uh, the biggest uh, you know, trophy rivalry uh, types of games going on. So we'd like to welcome one of the senior defensive code captains, linebacker Grant uh, Tragedy. Welcome to In the Huddle. Uh, How you guys doing? Get that, get that out of there. I'm just saying, get, get, get used Great. to it now. Your reaction's going to be key. Sorry. Uh, we'll we'll toss that for now. That's how we're starting. First off, Frank, you know what? You, you always hear, like, you know, these engineers, they're, you know, these clean-cut, nerdy types. So look at this guy. He's rocking the headband. He's, you know, got the cool hair. I mean, honestly, if you go through the uh, if you go through the RPI roster, you guys have probably some of the strongest hair game in the East region. You've got some some pretty creative types on your team. Is this sort of like a is this the is this like the new RPI engineer thing going on here, or what's what's going on? Uh, yeah, it's been like a, a senior thing to like dye your hair. I used to be red, and we we changed it up this year. We went a little blonde, and guys for a couple of years have been doing some some funny roster pictures, uh, some different things with their hair. So. We went with the blonde this year. We think it looks pretty good. We'll talk about that roster picture in just a few minutes. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely get to that. Uh, let's talk about this Ithaca game. Uh, there's been some debate on message boards and whatnot about exactly what happened. Is it a softer Ithaca defense going on? Is it uh, defenses dominating the offense going on? You can speak from uh, your defense's point of view at this point. What happened? I mean, it, it, everybody blinked. It's 21 to nothing, and they could never get back into this game. Give us the game flow from your point of view. Uh, I thought it was a great job just from all three phases of the ball, like offense, defense, and special teams. We all we all clicked on Saturday. And uh, starting out with on offense, we got the ball first, went down and scored. And then on kickoff, we forced a fumble and set up the offense with some great field position. They scored again, and when you're up 14 nothing, and already early in the game, it's it it puts a little bit of pressure off the defense, and because of the great job of the offense and the special teams, and all three phases just clicked, and it, it worked. Grant, one of the things that we've spoken a lot about with uh, with Coach Cerny over the years is the importance of, of special teams over there at RPI, and. I mean, we'll, we'll get into your senior season, but you really kind of, you know, you've cut your teeth as a, as a long snapper. You were, you were playing special teams, mostly you know, in the early stages of your career. Um, what, what is, tell us about this, this RPI special teams thing that, that, uh, that Coach I has got going on there and, and how that's really helped you. And I'm just taking a quick peek here. And what you, you're up to over 50, uh, almost 60 tackles um, here, you know, here in your se senior season or so, by uh, 50 tackles. So what, what, what lessons do you take from the special teams work getting into now the, the full swing starting uh, linebacker role? Yeah, so Coach I always uh, talks about special teams and the importance of it in terms of field position and everything. And it really is a, one, a third of the game. And uh, some, people, some teams, some people overlook it. And we, we think it's very important. And because if consistently, if that offense, if the opposing offense is starting inside their 20 and your return team is setting you up over the 35, the percentage of you scoring on offense or not letting them score on defense is pretty high. And that's that's real important. And we have a bunch of guys in this team. Coach, I always talk about one play warriors and special teams is one play and you're off. There's no series with it. So we really stress you get one shot 
uh, on special teams, and we take it very important. Well, this has been just an odd season, uh, coming off of what happened last year, getting to the quarterfinals, a uh, good game against uh, Johns Hopkins that you came up on the short side on, but I mean... Uh, things were, you know, flying high there. And then you ran into some obvious uh, turbulence during the season. It takes senior leadership to really get the ship righted. And a game like Saturday proves just what you guys are doing. Were there points where the seniors had to kind of step in here and remind the team, yeah, we may not be playoff eligible after a second loss, for instance, but, you know, we are still going to play RPI football through and through. What was your uh, contribution in that discussion as we went along here. Yeah, I think it starts from the top down, from the coaches to the captains, seniors, all the way down to the freshmen. I think that just everyone buys in. And uh, after we realized that we couldn't make the playoffs anymore, we still said, all right, we're still 0-0 with one to go each week. We we're, uh, we take it one week at a time. And whoever we're playing, we doesn't matter if there's playoff implications or not. We're going to play as hard as we can. We're going to prepare the same way. And I think that's just a testament to what Coach I has uh, done with this program and just the character of our whole team. Well, Grant, one of the things that might be even more important than playoffs is a win over your crosstown rival in a uh, trophy game. Um, you know, you've been on both sides of the of the fence here. Your your class is two and one against the Dutchman. I'm sure you would love to uh, to go out your senior season three and one um, and maybe uh, trip them up a little bit. I mean, obviously, um, you know, you guys enjoyed the Ithaca win. That was probably one of the biggest uh, biggest wins the East Region has seen all season. Um, certainly one of the more dominant ones. Tell us a little bit, you know, what's the team mindset going into, you know, the, the final week of the regular season with the big trophy game on the line? Yeah, we're real excited for this game. Um, we're trying not to prepare any differently. We're trying to take it uh, each week the same way. But it's a, it's a real cool tradition. It's the oldest rivalry in college football in New York. And uh, they're a great team. And it's the rivalry games, you always you kind of throw out the records and you just play football. So we're real excited for that. And it's a game that's been going on for, for years now. And uh, it's cool to be part of this tradition. Indeed, uh, it is. Uh, I, I mean, I've been through how many of these? 25. Uh, this will be number 25 for me, I, I think, if we uh, go back to uh, 1995. So uh, it's, yeah, let's not even think further than that. Uh, let, let's think about this, though. Uh, we, we have seen, I mean, we talked about it earlier, some moments of roster photos that I wonder if the SIDs really did the proof work on this stuff. <laughs> Or if they just on, they have great sense of humor. On, we know Kevin Beatty well. I think Kevin is very, yes. very particular in what he does. And so I think he knows this went through and approved it. However, Grant, talk <laughs> to us about this. I, I mean, that, that is like That's intensity. Awesome. Uh, you've got a different headband on today. I will go back to that in a second. Slightly different, but it is another animal uh, headband. Uh, the blonde here is definitely wolf, not as curly there. The lion. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, it just the eyes, the intensity. So, something's going on here. Talk to me about this. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where to, where to begin, but uh, all the guys on the team, they always make fun of me for the picture. They think whenever I try to, like, I guess make the face, they all try to make me laugh when we're taking the roster pictures. So it took a couple shots to get it. But, uh, yeah, the animal headbands, I got a bunch of those. I, I like the different animals. I got a wolf. I got a 
a lion, as you can see. I got a gorilla, tiger, I got a shark, so I got a bunch of those. Yeah, and, they, but, uh, and yeah, I see that you're. I see in your bio that you know you've been on the uh, what is it the team you know Black Watch. Are you basically like the Jon Snow of RPI for the most part, or what's going <laughs> on? yeah, the Black Watch is a, a leadership group that we have here. It's uh, a group of like four or five uh, players from each grade, and uh, to talk about like uh, things going on with the team. But uh, yeah, no, that, that roster picture. My my mom's not definitely not a fan of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, would she would she rather see this, okay, or would she rather see no. this? Okay, I think she'd rather see it, yeah, I don't want to second on. one. Come on, <laughs> I, 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 so I think I think if you had to choose between photos, the photo of you uh, and the roster is much better. Ultimately, all joking aside, um, you know, do, would a win versus Union? I, I believe RPI has uh, filed uh, for postseason, uh, JB. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. We, yep. we have a head yep. nod going on, so I'm going to assume yes. But would a win versus Union sort of make it all better this season uh, for especially the seniors going out? After what happened last year, the RPI had secured playoff uh, position uh, and uh, then kind of came out flat, as uh, Will Bellamy had said to us uh, when I was at Ithaca. He, he recounted that, and I basically asked the question in reverse because Union had – clinched early and now faces the same question like Union had in 2006, for instance, and RPI beat them at 86 field back when. So, you know, does this sort of make things better if you guys can win this game? Yeah, I think that, like, coming to the season, we all had hopes of uh, playoffs and after coming off last year's team with uh, the Elite Eight and everything. But uh, I think success is defined differently. Um, after we realized we couldn't go to the playoffs. You know, we said, let's just work as hard as we can and just w win each week, win each day, win each play. And uh, I think that no matter what, we're, we had a successful season just for the amount of hard work that we put in all the seniors and the classes below, the time and effort that they put in for this uh, this whole year. And, you know, it's kind of corny, but like the old Rocky thing, like it ain't about how hard you get hit. It's about how hard you get hit and you get up and keep moving forward. And I think that's real true to the season. Like, we got hit hard earlier in the season with uh, the transit trophy against WPI. We got back up. We, we strung together a couple wins. And then uh, there was a little bit of a rough patch in the middle of the season with, uh, like, Hobart and St. Lawrence. But we dusted ourselves off. We got back up. And we grounded out a couple more wins against Buffalo State and Ithaca. So now now we here we, here we are at the end of our season. And we're real excited for just a chance to play football. That's that's uh that's what we come here to do and it's fun yeah definitely have an opportunity to win not one but maybe two trophies because as, as frank alluded i know that you guys have filed for the um one of the ecac games that uh will be um actually uh, doing a show about on on monday and we'll see if uh if rpi is one of the one of the teams picked uh, for that you could be winning another trophy uh perhaps the following weekend depending on how that Shakes out, but we mentioned uh, we mentioned mom earlier, Frank, and so I wanted to say a shout out to Elaine and Wayne. Uh, I know Wayne has followed our, our show for a while, probably back since your older brother Colby um, also played yep. at RPI, and so um, yeah, family tradition there. You're an industrial and management engineering major, and uh, you've been working with Regeneron Pharmaceuticals. Regeneron sounds like something from a Transformers movie, so you're going to have to help <laughs> me understand, like, what's going on with that. I mean, 
it's always fun when we've interviewed, um, like a couple of years ago, we interviewed Andrew Franks. We, we found out that his major was sort of like, you know, this, you know making, um, you know, a hip replacement or different body parts and stuff. I mean, what, what does an industrial management engineer uh, do with like a Generon or Regeneron at, at Cybertron? I don't know. What are we talking about? <laughs> Save him, please. Just tell him, please. <laughs> so, yeah. Industrial engineering is is basically just optimizing and streamlining uh, processes and uh, try to find like, the simplest form to, to do anything from point A to point B. And uh, yeah, I interned at Regeneron Pharmaceuticals, which is a, a pharmaceuticals company, a biotech pharmaceuticals company uh, based in Westchester, New York, where I'm from, but had uh, some offices up here in the Rensselaer region. And uh, they make um, drugs for different things such as uh, cancer products and um, atopic dermatitis and different uh, rare diseases. Wow. I'm noticing a quote behind you. I uh, invest in great relationships. They will pay a lifetime of dividends uh, by Bill Walsh, uh, former West That's Coast offense creator. Yeah, thank you. I, I've been trying all uh, during this interview, to be honest with you, and then finally got it. But um, I, I'm guessing that, that <laughs> those are some words to live by uh, from RPI. Uh, is, whose whiteboard is that, by the way? Yeah, I'm in our athletic director, uh, Dr. Lee McElroy's office right now. So I got the whiteboard behind me. I, I think it's a nice backdrop. Thanks, Doc. Nice I play. like it. <laughs> okay, yeah, thanks, it's time. Dr. Yeah, thank you, Doc. Uh, so uh, it's time. Uh, you now get the chance to say your own uh, shout-outs. JB's already shouted out your parents, but you have every right to do it again. Uh, and I, I would be, I think, upset if you didn't, for that matter, uh, because I can tell you're a big family man when it comes down to it. So... Grant Tragney, it's time for your shout-outs. Uh, Shout-out to my parents for allowing me to be here and always motivating me and pushing me and always being my number one fans. Uh, my brothers, Colby and Dylan, they, they always set the standard for me. And uh, the whole coaching staff for giving me the opportunity to play at this great institution. And academically and athletically, this place is awesome. And uh, all the guys on the team for always pushing me every day. Did you guys get snow today uh, like I did up at Boston Spa? Is it sticking uh, down in Troy? Yeah, we got a lot more snow than I than I, would. I didn't even know it was going to snow up here, but it's Troy, New York, so you snow. can never guess the weather. Yeah, it took yeah. me 20 minutes to clear my uh, vehicle off uh, today, but uh, it's going to be a fun practice today, isn't it, coming up uh, right after this interview, I'm guessing. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> there we go. Katona, New York, it's uh, just as much snow uh, pretty much, uh, so you're used to it. But uh, we'll see what happens. Will Bellamy and company are disconnected. He's a Louisiana guy, so I'm not sure if he's used to that uh, level of snow, even uh, after a couple of years in uh, this connected area. We'll see uh, how he responds, but it will melt by Saturday, obviously. So it's just a little bit fun for practice time. Grant, a pleasure. Uh, Well-spoken, uh, great student athlete. Uh, we've grown to expect that from RPI folks uh, and send our best Absolutely. to Kevin, to Coach Icernia uh, over there. We haven't gotten to talk to you guys nearly as much as we wanted to this season. There's just been so many tremendous efforts across the region this year. We've been trying to get to different schools, but you know we'll get back to RPI no matter what eventually. And we did today, and I'm glad we did. Thanks again. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun.